good day to you hope you're having a wonderful day we are continuing our study in Romans we are ready to read chapter 5 and I am trying to do more of a study and less of just a reading but I'm not trying to do like a super comprehensive cross-referencing study I'm trying to do a study of what is actually being said in the context that it's being said so that we understand the, the letter as a whole and at the end of this I really want to try to present to you a um, kind of an overview and summary of this letter so that we have as much of an understanding as, as we can um, is it going to be 100% perfect and totally have everything you could possibly say about Romans. No, <laughs> I'm just not that good. It's not that's it's not going to be that good. Um, I don't know anybody that can can do that, can present to you everything, but just a summary so that you understand it better, so that you can read through it yourself and get more details out of it. And we're trying to get the details out of it now. I'm sure I, I'm sure at times I miss things or I don't think of something that you might think of. By all means, um, in whatever way you can let me know, you, you go ahead and let me know, whether it be a comment on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. <clears throat> That's perfectly fine. So we are ready to read Romans chapter 5. Now in Romans chapter 4, here at the end, Paul was tying the, uh, the promise of Abraham back through faith and through our through Jesus and through our faith in Jesus tying that back to um, Abraham so that through our faith in God our faith in Jesus and God is counted as righteousness to us and so we become a part of the promise to Abraham and he becomes the father of many nations as was promised so this is chapter 5 and I'm going to start here in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, let me read the last couple of verses from the previous one so you'll know what the therefore is about. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone. And that was, okay, let me back up again. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, now we're talking about Abraham, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So we, through our belief, even though we are uncircumcised and we are not Jews, um, our belief is counted to us as righteousness, as it was for Abraham before he was circumcised. Therefore, now I'm starting in chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we could not have peace with God if we did not believe and did not have faith. In Jesus, we, we could not have peace with God because we would be a sinner, we would uh, not be covered by the blood of Jesus, we would not have Jesus interceding for us, you know. Alright. Through him, 
we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Well, that goes with what I was saying. Paul, I guess, says it better. But nonetheless, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Now, let's go back and read this. This goes along with something that we have said before and noticed before. Okay, verse 3, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Our suffering, our trials, these things that are, that are hard on us, that are bad, that, that we have to go through, we need to rejoice in these things because we're learning from these things. We're learning, and it's helping us to improve our faith, we're helping to grow through these hard things because suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. So, you know, endurance, and that's a faithful endurance. That's an endurance in faith. We're enduring in the faith. We're staying faithful. Okay? And that produces character. That produces a certain character from us. Now, this is from God. This is from Paul. This is, you know, the scripture. This is not me saying this. Uh, this is from God. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. Because if you remain faithful through, it will improve your character. And then you will be more hopeful. And it, it produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope does not put us to shame. Sometimes people want to put us down for being optimistic or positive. But that does not put us to shame that we're hopeful, that we're positive, that we're optimistic. Yes, there's a lot of New Age optimism where people say things that it sounds nice but it's not really necessarily related to uh, the Word of God. And if it's not based in truth, you know, some things, some things mirror, mirror the Word of God, and, and it's obvious where it comes from. And you're like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But some things, like I say, there's some of that New Age stuff, and it's, some of it is, is just very humanistic, and it's not about God, and it's about you being you and having what you want and all that. So... But here, this is hope. This is hope from coming, you know, from your faithfulness, coming from withstanding your um, sufferings, and building building that Christian godly character um, that produces hope because you know that you can get through these things. You know you can go through these things. Um, you know that we will weather the storm. You know that God is with us, and we will we will do that. Um, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Okay, I'm going to move on. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. 
But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So, while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So if we look at this, and I, I read that twice on purpose, because Paul is talking about going through trials and suffering and how that produces character and hope, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, before we had gone through all this, before we had produced our character, before, you know, before we believed, before we had faith, while we were still sinners, while we were still basically enemies of God, Christ died for us, Jesus died for all of us, while we were, we were nobody, we were, you know, you know, but that shows that God, that shows God's love for all of us. And, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. I'm going to continue on <clears throat> with uh, Paul's thought here, because he explains it very well. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Meaning that before the law, there could be no sin counted against anyone because you can't sin, you can't really sin if you don't know the rules. You can't be breaking the rules if you don't know the rules. So you couldn't count um, before, <clears throat> before the law was given to Israel. Um, all those people who lived before then, you can't count them as having, you know, truly sinned because they didn't know not to. They didn't have anything to go on. They didn't have any law to tell them what was good or bad, what was right and wrong. So they didn't have any rules. <clears throat> so that sin could not be counted. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, 
who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more hath the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ. Okay, this is another one of Paul's run-on sentences. Hold on a second. <laughs> I struggle with this sometimes. So, okay. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. If because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of the grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Paul is explaining here how Adam in his disobedience Adam only had the one rule, the one law, and he disobeyed that. <laughs> Adam and Eve only had one thing, and they were told, don't do that. And, and it goes back to what I have said at, a, at an earlier time. You know, you tell a little kid, you say, hey, don't touch that, leave that alone. And they stand there and they look at you with this little grin on their face, and they're reaching out to touch it anyway, you know, going to see how you're going to react. You know, and it can be humorous, I know. But nonetheless, what I'm getting at is they had one job. <laughs> you know, they had one job. They were told one thing, don't do that. And they did it. Okay, so their sin was disobedience. Everybody wonders what the sin was. What they Their sin was just disobedience. They just did not... They did not do like they should have. And, and you could say that through that disobedience that they're basically saying they did not believe God because God had told them not to do that for they would die. Uh, he meant a spiritual death um, and in a spiritual way they did die because it brought them separation from God. You know, they here they were in the Garden of Eden. God would come down and visit and see them and talk to them. <clears throat> and now they were separated from God. They could not have that. They did not have that anymore. So that one sin brought about that huge change. And that's what Paul is getting at here. But now Jesus, having come, and through his obedient life, um, and through his obedience to sacrifice himself, he has 
open it back up for us to have that justification where we can have that interaction with God. We can go to Him in prayer and we can have that uh, that conversation, have it, and 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 uh, you know, be able to you know get forgiveness, be able to um, basically you know ask for help and to ask for guidance and then what you know what to do and you know anyway it just gives us a chance to have that conversation with God to learn to learn from God so even though so he's making that comparison that just as you know sin and death and that that uh, that distance was created through one man through Adam um, and his disobedience and through Jesus, now we have that. That distance has been done away with. And now we can come to God and we can pray and we can um, <clears throat> have that conversation and learn from God. Um, and have that life, that spiritual life. We don't have to be dead or spiritually dead. So Jesus is restoring us back to that state from back before Adam disobeyed. So it gives us a chance to come back to that state and have that relationship with God and have that life in Christ. And that is the end of chapter 5. I don't, um, let's see, and it is a it is a free gift. It's not something we're earning. It's not something we're getting through some sort of work. It is a free gift that brings justification for us. That makes it possible for us to um, have that to have that relationship with God again. So that is the end of chapter five. I want to thank you for listening and. Uh, I know we're all going through some rough times, so uh, try to take care and uh, watch out for others. And remember, God loves you.